Hello and welcome to Just One Cornetto, a podcast discussing all things Greenock Morton. My name is Dean McKinnon and I am your host. Just One Cornetto is brought to you by themortonforum.com. You can reach us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at The Morton Forum. All our panellists appear in an entirely personal capacity and as such their views are personal to them. This podcast may contain a bit of adult language. Thank you all for listening and we hope you enjoy the show. Just One Cornetto Clyde Eats is Inverclyde's very own food ordering app for locals by locals. They showcase the finest food available in the local area. They feature an extensive array of Inverclyde's most popular restaurants, takeaways and desserts. The Clyde Eats app is available to download from Google Play and the App Store now. For more information, visit their website clydeats.co.uk or search for Clyde Eats on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Clyde Eats, takeaway the local way. Hello and welcome to another episode of Just One Cornetto. Morton looked to have stole three points up at East End Park on Friday night. Ian Wilson's goal a few minutes before half-time against the run of play gave the ton the lead. Dunfermline pressed and pressed the second half. Loads of possession, loads of pressure. Lewis McCann, near post-header, 88th minute, snatching a point for the home side in the battle to stay up. So, joining me on the record, we have Louise Rogers. Louise, how are you? Yeah, I'm all good, thanks. How are you? Aye, not bad, and we've just been having a chuckle here at, at Mr. Co- Mr. Alan Coyle, Alan Partridge. Uh, hello, hello. 40 hello. <laughs> About 40 minutes has that been wrestling with a laptop? Yes, and um, <laughs> it, the, the IT guru that is my wonderful wife sorted it out, and um, if, any, if anybody knows me, they will know how IT and a efficient that I am. Yeah, so anyway, I'm here. You've made it finally. <laughs> after about 15, oh, after about 15 swear-ridden phone calls to me, we've finally worked it out. <laughs> oh, uh, right, there we go. So, on to the lineup for the game. Gary Oliver and Cami Blues have came back into the side ahead of Kyle Jacobs and Reese Lyon. What did you make of the, the start in 11, Alan? Um, right, the Gary Oliver against Dunfermline thing is, I think, I, I wonder if it's played a part. Although the previous week, neither Blues nor Oliver were in the starting 11s at all, were in the squads at all. So, and for some of it can be read into that. Um, I know there's there's been this ongoing thing about Ian Wilson and, you know, what does Ian Wilson bring to the team? Um, but... I, I, I noticed on social media there were a couple of grumblings about the starting team and about how with that midfield three we have never been we, we, we've never had that kind of run of success at all. Um, but it, you, you look at that back five now; it's a settled back five. We thought Muirhead again. How, how many times do we say this week on week is is, is this Muirhead's chance? But um, yeah, I'll maybe touch on it later on. We pretty much have a team that picks ourselves. Picks itself now. I think whether the majority of fans like it or not, it's that's the way it is, and that's the way Doogie is as well. And I'll maybe come on to it later on, uh, just in terms of Doogie's after-match comments, and in particular his after-match comment on TV. Um, yeah, I think kind of led me to believe that as well. So, I um, we we could argue the tosser and a couple of things there. I think, but um, I it's that that is a settled team we've got. What about yourself, Louise? 
Yeah, just as Alan says, I wasn't really that surprised that Gary Oliver starting considering his record against Infermline. So you were kind of expecting him to come back into the team. Um, I thought Reese Lyon, I think it's quite unfair to drop him because when he has played, I think he's played well. But right now you can't really kind of justify dropping Ian Wilson. So And Cameron Blues is is has done well while he's been in the team so it kind of made sense to go with that kind of midfield three the I, 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 there was part of me kind of before the game thinking he might have went with the back four because he went with the back four last week against Partick and finished the game with the back four and I thought he might have kind of went with that but yeah there was no real kind of surprises when when the start of 11 was announced because you just kind of knew Gary Oliver would be back in but in hindsight it maybe wasn't the right thing to do yeah I'd kind of said in the chat and I know Dunning disagreed along with, I think, a, a couple other people had mentioned it. I didn't really have an issue with the starting 11, to be honest. The I know that there was talk, there was a few people suggesting maybe even going, putting Muirhead in there instead of a, a more recognised central midfielder and almost going 3-4-3 and really pressing them high up the park. I, I was okay with that. I thought I thought last Saturday there was, there was those kind of off-the-ball penetrative runs really going and breaking between the lines against Partick that I thought we missed. I think, obviously, I was sitting with you, Alan, and I kind of said to you quite early in the second half that I thought Blues should be should be coming on here um, when we were trying to go and, and break down Partick. I, I I didn't have an issue with the starting 11, but when you look, we'll obviously talk about the first half performance in a minute, but I think when you look at just how easily Partick control Partick, just how easily Dunfermline managed to control the midfield and just how much pressure... Dunfermline managed to put on our back line from gaining the ball and being able to work the ball through their midfield. Yeah, I think that was probably the wrong call on my part and I think Dougie would probably say the same, all things considered. This is the third uh, third away game in a row where we've, I, I think we've underwhelmed. Um, as well as that, I would say it's the second away game in the road where we've been dominated in midfield. We've allowed a team like that to dominate us. Dunfermline were... All nice up until the sort of last quarter of the park, even to our area. I mean, they'd really dominated possession. A team that had a wee bit more about them, uh, and well, until McCann came on at the end, I think might have punished us. Um, we allowed them to have the ball though, um, which 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 I thought was kind of concerning as yeah. as well. And we were very much back to front um, as 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 a tactic in general. It was it was get the ball up there and. And Gozi playing off scraps almost, but um, aye, it was it, 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 there, there was notes of concern there, and I'm a wee bit concerned about our away form. I know we've only got two games, two away games left, but um, how we are playing away from home is seems to be kind of different from how we are at Capo just now. All right, guys. So we kind of touched on the first half performance there. What were your what were your thoughts on the performance overall, Louise, in the first half? I thought, do you know? Dunfermline were quite toothless up front. Um, I felt any time they yeah. were kind of going up the park, you, you kind of just kind of knew that they weren't going to score. I thought that Ledger was a bit shaky in the first half for me. There was a couple of balls they fired in and it was kind of to his area and he just kind of let it bounce and I thought, oh, that's not good. It's like that you just kind mm-hmm. of boot it, it clear or, or just get rid of it. But I just, he was a bit shaky in the first half, but Second half, it was it was a lot lot better, but um, yeah, I mean the run for Ian Wilson's goal was, I mean you just weren't expecting that at all. Um, I think we were all in a bit of shock that the the ball had actually went into the back of the net. I felt I felt there was almost a delay. Um, we kind of celebrating because it it was such a kind of shit shot that <laughs> I mean it, yeah. 
the goalie just to- completely messed it up. Um, looked as if he'd maybe got stuck in the mud or something like that. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> the first half performance, it was a bit kind of... Dunfermline did dominate it. And if it went into halftime nil-nil or if Dunfermline were 1-0 up, you wouldn't really feel as if they weren't kind of worthy of it. But yeah, yeah. the fact that we scored just before the, the first half... Um, you thought we would have maybe kind of pushed on in the second half, but I mean that didn't really transpire in the end. What about yourself, Alan? What were your, your kind of thoughts on the the first half overall? I they didn't really create anything in the first half. Uh, no. I we I we look at the highlights um, that was a, well the the Morton highlights, which are kind of from behind the the goal that we were shooting into in the second half, the sort of traditional away yep. end and. But from a couple of speculative efforts, and in, in, uh, I think Jack Hamilton had a, a kind of pretty standard save. We, yep. our goal and the chance that we had in the first couple of minutes that um, we, we probably should have taken. Um, again, they dominated possession and they looked good. And I think I kind of mentioned in the chat after twenty five minutes. They, I mean, they were very much dominating us, and I think I'd maybe commented to you that that was the exact same thing uh, at the game at Capo that we won 5 0. First 25 yep. minutes, they really did play on the front foot. Um, yeah. But I mean, the goal the goal itself, it's it's a lovely turn, it's a lovely bit of, bit of footwork from Wilson. He's driven into space. If that's our midfield, I think we would have been absolutely, we would have been raging with them. Uh, the, goalkeep, the goalkeeper, who I was absolutely unconvinced by, um, mm-hmm. but to be fair, it's he's he's he loses his foot in a wee bit, uh, in the kind of mud just as he's going I down, kind of slips on the goal, just as he's about to push Aye. off, doesn't he? But, yeah. um, but 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 other than that, you know, it's you, I mean, I wonder if we had seen that game through and if we'd not conceded with two minutes to go, would we have been looking at the game in a different way? Would we have been looking at, well, that's another absolutely brilliant like performance, almost like the Inverness game? Do you know what I mean? Up, up there yeah. when we've kind of scored and then we've kind of held out. But the thing was that that Inverness performance was everything that this wasn't and that we really did kind of control the game up there quite a wee bit in the second half and we didn't at all. Um, I think, yeah, the, particularly in the first half, I think comparing it to Inverness is actually a really good point. It's You look at the Inverness game, we've really imposed ourselves up there. When we've mm. won it, our mid, they kind of, especially, especially in those kind of central areas, Inverness tend to go back to front, and you think how good the defence was, but it was how how industrious our midfield was up there in terms of harrying players. Inverness never really got to settle. Whereas you look at if if Kevin O'Hara's even, I was going to say a better player, but that sounds harsh. Cause I actually think O'Hara is a decent player for all. I think he's having a really tough season. If O'Hara's, we'll say more confident. It's probably the most kind of diplomatic way of putting it. Yeah, and look, Thomas Polworth, Lawless behind them. If they have a better game, if it clicks for Dunfermline in that final third, you know, we could have been sitting, we could have been at a point at halftime where we were completely out of the game. And I think... Yeah, totally. Th- there's, an op- there's a positive side to that and that, do you know what? We played that badly and we still went in 1-0 up. You're not, especially at the level that we're at, you're not going to play well for 90 minutes every single week. It was... But it was really quite concerning just how much our midfield let let the Firmland play through them. And that's the one thing I will say is Wilson it's a he reads the play really well for the goal. He's read it, he's he's obviously he's tracked back, he's nicked the ball, which is exactly what he's there to do. He's then shown cracking bit of footwork to get there. And do you know what? Fair play to him for being positive and taking the strike on. It's 
it's not been the best strike in the world. He he admitted that after the match. He's not caught it anywhere near the way he wants to. But if you don't shoot, you don't score. And absolutely, again, we've kind of talked. We seem to talk about it every week, but. I've been really, really impressed with Wilson since he's come in. Listen, I think I, I think you touched on earlier on where we've we've almost kind of gone a four three uh, three four three instead of a three five two this uh, this time, and yep. I think we let them we we let them dominate us a wee bit. Um, no harm to Gary Oliver, um, but just someday a, a third man in the midfield. I, I think would have given us a wee bit more control over the game and more of a foothold. Yeah. A foothold, but because of the time that we scored, it was almost like the second half was pretty much just as you were, and it was kind of waves kind of coming at us. Um, and it, obviously, Doogie's obviously seen it. He was he's he's, he's watching what he's seen in, in, in the interviews and seeing you know, you know, he, he, it was quite a bullish post-match interview that he did in BBC where he was saying you know you know I don't think they did deserve to win sort of thing, but. Um, I would imagine he'd be looking at that. Um, did you did did you watch it on TV interview? I've not seen it yet. No, I've been out all day, so I've not really caught anything. Right. So it's on TV interview, right? He, he blamed, and I'm I've watched this a couple of times back, and I actually really watched it in highlights because he, he specifically blamed Lyon for the goal. Um, I think the more, and now that's him getting interviewed right after the game. The more I'm looking at it, I'm thinking I I. I Got a, he's got to have, con- he's, got to, he's got to, not it was lying because he said Reese and he's got to have confused them with he's he's, he's he's got to have kind of looked at it and thought it's somebody else because the more I looked at it is the ball came in so it was a kind of shot that uh, Hamilton smothered and uh, Lithgow's mm-hmm. cleared it out for a corner prior to that yeah. the ball's going in and Lyon has kind of headed it into the area and I don't know if yeah. he's thinking he could have got oh, over right. and blocked the shot but. Yeah. I was thinking, ah, uh, maybe a wee bit harsh because if, if I'm pointing the finger of blame in that goal, it's how we defended the corner. I, um, do you know what I mean? We, we, we've conceded yeah. a corner, but we should have defended it so much better than we did. Yeah, yeah I awful, think, awful defending at the corner. I think you the build-up. Aye, on you go, No, I was just going to say, like, it's the subs as well, kind of, I think the subs were kind of done at the wrong time. I think they were the right subs to come on. I think Jacobs and Muirhead was the right thing to do, but I just don't know if taking off Blues was the right thing to do, because I actually thought he had a really good game on Friday night as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd have probably took off Gary Oliver a lot earlier, because to me, he was just kind of non-existent in the game on, on Friday, and I think possibly bringing on Reese Lyon is a wee bit earlier as well might have helped and might have kind of settled him in the game a wee bit because I don't think Reese Lyon had his kind of best game when he when he came on but yeah I mean the the corner but it should have been defended so much better you can you I mean you seen Robin Muirhead after the game he was walking off the park and he couldn't even look anywhere like he looked as, he actually looked as if he was like crying and his shirt like walking back to the the tunnel because I think he kind of knew himself that between him and kind of yeah. Kyle Jacobs it was just terrible defending for the corner and uh, to me as as much as Dunfermline kind of put pressure on us the defense was so solid I wasn't I wasn't kind of expecting them to score because we, we were I mean Lithgow was outstanding McIntyre Ledger was really good in the second half as well and you know when when the goal went in you were kind of gutted but yeah it was just it was just a, a mistake for the corner that that really caused it so if you're watching yes. the uh, you on your good team sorry I was going. I was actually going to say, Louise. I, I think I was the absolute opposite to you. I I watched most of the second half through my fingers. I think because I thought, I thought there was. You could just almost sense that something was coming, and it was 
for Old and Fernland were they were toothless and they really you could tell why they're the league's lowest scorers. You know, their forward players, there's there's a decent amount of ability in their mm-hmm. in their forward area. It just doesn't seem to be clicking for them. Um again and getting back and, and feeling like a bit of a tip I tip kinda of todder off to, to fired and Fernland to glory this year and it's been <laughs> <laughs> Not quite panned out, shall we say? Um, but the but cons. Do you know something, Dean? No, I know what you're going to say. What's telling, though, the, the thought process was that about Todorov was that if these guys get guys like Thomas and O'Hara and these guys round about him, he'd be the focal point. And I mean, McCann's, McCann's a big presence, isn't he? And he comes yeah, yeah. on and he's on for nine minutes, and all of a sudden, He's, he was buzzing about, he was causing a different issue to what we were getting before, um, and there was much more of a focal point, and see, see, see for the goal, he's bullied Jacobs, hasn't he? Yeah, I thought he bullied him. To defend you, that's what I'm saying, that that, that is their most off like player, um, as you can. Um, but, that um, was the goal, oh, um, I think for all, I would have taken a 1-1, even see to be honest, having watched it, see if you'd offered me a draw at half time, I would probably have taken it, even getting in one nothing. Mm-hmm. And just where we are in the season, the the kind of hype around the match. I do you know it's I'm not gonna sit here and, and go off on one because I think a point in the cold light of day now, I think a point was a point was fine. And I think given how much pressure Dunfermline had without threatening us too often, especially in the first half. I, you know, I'll take a point and you think that it, their effort after the equaliser that ends up clipping the post, you go, we could quite easily have been on the other end of a kind of Partick-esque turnaround. You think of how magic it was at Capolo, you scored that first goal and, you know, the crowd gets behind you and I, you know, we could quite easily have lost that. So I would take a point, but that doesn't excuse just how shoddy the defending for the goal is. And, you know... My initial reaction is actually more towards Jacobs because when you look at you look at McCann's starting position before he starts his run, it's quite obvious where McCann's run's going. That's that's where you stand if you're making a front post run. That's that's something that I expect Jacobs to be anticipating better. He's not only is he slow to anticipate it, he's so flat footed and he's so reactive and you go, You're an experienced player. You're an experienced player. You're the club captain. You're just off the bench. That, aye, that that's got to be sharper. And that's, so, I'll, I'll almost Muirhead's been caught in two minds because I also think Muirhead spotted that Jacobs had lost his runner. I'm willing to give Muirhead the benefit of the doubt because I actually think Muirhead's, I think in Muirhead, in Muirhead's head, he's went shit. Jacobs has lost his man, and I think he's tried to step out, and he's yeah. almost just been caught in no man's land. Yeah, where I think he's. It's easy enough. It's easy to sit and say now that if he stays on the post, you know, he might not get there. But I actually think there's that much power on the McCann header that I don't actually know if Muirhead on the line's able to deal with it properly. But I do. I've got some sympathy for Muirhead there. For all it's, it's been a wrong decision made for the right reason. If that makes sense, where he's just he's been kind of almost caught between a rock and a hard place because you look where you look at the. The position that McCann's in when he makes the header, he's not going to get there. But Muirhead, that's your instinct as a player in that situation is, shit, he's lost his man. I'm going to dig him out of jail. And you do, these things happen. I'm more, I would be more disappointed in Jacobs. That was a really long way of saying that. Sorry. 
it just I think it just happened so quick as well. Like um from your head coming out, it was maybe just a wee bit too late. But Jacobs I, I actually thought Jacobs done well. He'd done a couple of good kind of good blocks when he came on, but it, the defending for that corner was, was just abysmal. Um and you wouldn't expect that but as a player of his experience, you would expect him to do a lot better. So yeah, I I think most of the, the blame does have to kinda of come down to, to Jacobs with that goal. It comes down to you see the old da cliche of the kind of the first two yards are in your head. That that's what's actually upset me most about it because Kyle's an experienced player and a good player, and he should be reading that. That's not that's the bit that's probably annoying me more than it should. If I'm being honest, right? There's a couple of things I've been thinking about this one, right? Um, there's first of all a Jack Ross after the game, and I know a lot of folk were saying, "Aye, he just he can't bring it. He can't bring himself to say anything even half decent about us." But one thing that he did, one pair, one person that he did pinpoint and pick out was Cami Blues, and what he mm-hmm. said about the goal was he said, "Look, Cami Blues had defended that front area really well at previous set pieces. He dominated it. He defended it really well." So. Um, Jacobs is a direct substitute for him, isn't he? So he then kind of assumes that that responsibility. What I would say is we are talking about three substitutes here. We're talking about Muirhead, we're talking about Jacobs, and we're talking about McCann. Now, I I, I don't know, Dean, you're you're a coach here. Um, I'm going. To I don't re- like where this is re- going. No, 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 no. <laughs> see, just in, see, just in terms of how we are how we are setting up and how we will have kind of prepared for that. Are we prepared going man for man, or do we prepare zonally? That's right. The reason I'm saying that is you've got McCann who's come on. So initially, if they're man for man, you will have had right. Is, is Blues picking up somebody? And does Jacobs then pick that person up? And then when McCann comes on, is that who he picks up instead? Do you know what I mean? Because there, there was an element of it being a mismatch. It's a big, strong striker against. Yeah. Jacobs, do, do you know what I mean? O- almost mm-hmm. kind of in Jacobs' defence a wee bit, but he has allowed him to run across. And I think looking at what um, Emery said, if we're substituting Lyon for Emery, basically he said, look, he needs to get his cell across the front. He needs to buy a foul. He needs to do something, right? Because yeah. if he blocks and, and, and uh, McCann goes, do you know what I mean, goes through him, and then he hits the deck and it's a, it's a free kick to Morton with a minute to go. Ah, yeah. um, but... It's 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 these wee things switching off. I mean, we can probably pinpoint things where other teams have switched off. We can also pinpoint the previous away game where it's three mistakes of course this. Um yeah. but it's it, it doesn't take away from the fact that that's, that's the other thing I was going to say that in, in the commentary, as you can see obviously I wasn't there. Um um was that Michael Stewart for about the last fifteen minutes, I don't know if you picked up on that, Dean, really was just kind of waxing lyrical about us defending. And he's like, it's yeah. a team that loves to defend. He's like, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. He said, there's no many teams that do it. But look, this team are actually just relishing defending. And it was a wee extent, he was like, ah, they're, they're going to hold out here. Because look at them, they're putting themselves on the line. They're defending well. And that's how he was, as I know we're going to talk about Lithgow. We'd mentioned about McIntyre, who was like the kind of BBC man of the match. But as well as that, I mean, you've got the, you've got the, you've got the wing-backs who've defended as well. And then mm-hmm. that brings in... That's and, and that's where that's why Blues and Wilson Blues and Wilson will start every game. I would say, right? It's uh, moving forward. We are Blues and Wilson. If, if we are playing three five two, we are Blues and Wilson plus one, right? Yeah. And it's just that that's how we are. Um yep. And it was just it was a slip. And if I'd, I'd imagine if I'm Lithgow and I'm Mike and ones, I'm pretty raging that oh, that's happened after everything. Yeah, you know what I mean? 
if you're if you're Jack Hamilton or if you're one of that back five, you're going to be getting into that dressing room throwing punches. That's <laughs> you would be absolutely fizzing because you think Lithgow's had another just a phenomenal game. Um, Lithgow, Lithgow was imperious. McIntyre, I think, was the the right call for man of the match. Dealt with everything. You even looked the last fifteen minutes. I know it didn't come off, and but you think we're we're ten fifteen minutes from the end. And he's driving forward with the ball, trying to exploit a Dunfermline gap. He dealt, he, his distribution was excellent. I think Ledger improved as the game went on. Um, I know the, the few shaky moments that you were talking about, Louise. But even Brandon on that side, he's getting, he's getting stuck right in. There's been times where he's been overloaded on that side and he's managed to deal with it um, without being overly aggressive and potentially costing himself. I think Strap had another real action-packed performance. He was just... Put, body was on the line constantly, he's trying to link the plays, trying to get up the other side. Any time the Dunfermline players were getting a wee bit ratty, Strap was in the middle of it, trying to, you know, backing his teammates up and kind of showing numbers and do, doing the dirty side of the game very, very well. Because I think by the way, Strap, was, Strap was another player that I think Michael Stewart touched on as well, wasn't he? Yeah. Strap, by the way, he's we clipped... Um, I don't know if you've got that there, Louise, but he's wee clipped kind of free kick that kind mm-hmm. of in, in the first half you get a cracking view of it for behind the goal, and it's I'd say it's about half a yard past the post. The goalkeeper scrambling, it's one of them. It's a it's a lovely, it's it's a really difficult free kick to take. You know when it's so square on like that. There's no angle yeah. on it at all. You know, not normally you've you, you've got to go almost diagonal to the back of the other the box for it to get lifted across. It's a love a lovely wee. And the, these are elements of the game that we didn't really see from Lewis Strap before that he's bringing in. We we know about his actual like, delivery from wide. Uh, which is, is 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 a real asset for us, but they just just they wee bits of creativity as well. He is see see from the player that was there at the start of the season that maybe ended last season and that started this season. It's I mean it's 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 just it's absolutely brilliant to see the player that he's turned into. He's the player that I think that a lot of the fans hoped that he would have been by this stage in his career when we yeah. first started hearing about him when he was about sixteen seventeen. Do you know what I mean? Uh, which is it's absolutely, and and I'm sad to say, I I would be I would be absolutely delighted if he was still with his next season. But if, um, I, I would imagine that there's there's there are people who are, teams that are able to offer significantly more money will maybe be floating about them. Um, yeah, but anyway, and I think we've obviously we've given Lithgow a lot of a lot of credit in the last few podcasts for being probably the player that's improved most under Emery. I think Strap isn't far off it. I think mm. I think you can now see the difference in Strap himself between the player that he is just now under Emery and the player that he was under Gus. So I think mm. and that's not that's not squared as a criticism. It's Gus asked him about with positions quite a lot. You think you think of the games half of the games that Gus spent as caretaker, what was it, six out of twelve, um before he got the job permanently in the summer. He had McGinty playing at left back or left wing back ahead of him. Mm. And that's that's a oh. fucking liberty. That's... Did that actually happen? Did that seriously happen? I, I, I just, like, I just, if, uh, if some, if some Dunning, if some Dunning A. Scanarak wants to go back and, and check the actual stats and correct me, then I'm completely open to it. But I'm fairly sure it was six out of the 12 games um, Incredible. that McGinty started ahead of him, either as a, a left back or a, a left wing back, which I is. Um, McGinty started at left back in I McGinty started at left back in McElhone's last game, didn't he? The one 0 one up at uh, Inverness. 
Yeah. And then and McPherson's clearly watched that and thought, well, if it ain't broke, um, <laughs> he looks like a decent option at left fullback. Um, so, but um, just to kind of make a point on on obviously the defence and and Jack and stuff, why not keep the clean sheet? Obviously, I was at the game, so I I couldn't kind of see Jack's reaction until I kind of went home and seen the highlights. But he was he was absolutely raging, like you seen him Aye. throwing his throwing his arms about, shouting and bawling. And I thought Jack was outstanding on on Friday night. Just his whole kind of presence, everything that was coming at him, he was catching it, he was punching it away, he was doing this, he was doing that. He was absolutely brilliant and I just felt so gutted for him as well on Friday night that it was just a, a stupid mistake that, that kind of avoided the clean sheet. But yeah, I, I was I, I did. I felt really sorry for them. Um, looking back on the highlights after it, it was just um, just a really, really bad go to lose. I would say you're away, I'm, I'm going to say, I would say, I would say you're away run over the last three games where we've got one point out of nine um, is probably... Uh, it, it, that's what it's going to cost is a, even a sniff of maybe possibly getting a run to fourth place um, yeah. as our away form and that's we running because I, I mean you're looking at it, I was I was looking if if everything was to go favourably and this is this is blue sky thinking best case scenario right so what we're on just now if we were to get uh, if we were to get four wins four or five, whatever it was the best case we could probably look at is fifty points. And 50 points over the past six or seven years has never been enough to get fourth place. So um, uh, I, th- I think un- unless Partick continue their downward spiral. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what downward spiral? Yeah, uh, take us through it. Uh, the downward spiral that basically involves your 12-year-old supporters actually breaking them as a club. That's probably what... Um, <laughs> um, to... to, to to be fair, I think I think they had some COVID. Uh, well, they had illnesses. I think at the weekend, didn't they? Um, one wee thing I've got in my head by when we're talking about Hamilton there, I'd listened to us one of the terrace podcasts they had, which was basically top twelve goalkeepers in the lower leagues, and I think yeah. it was Sean McGuigan had him as second, but yeah. there was this other guy had Jamie Sneddon as the best goalkeeper in the lower leagues, and he was like, "This guy's yeah. going to the top," and by all accounts, I think he was at fault for at least two of the goals on Saturday. So. <laughs> that's a shame. Anyway. Two of aye, terrible was shame, that, isn't it? Two, two, two of what? Was it four? Four now they got beat? Aye, aye. <laughs> right. just, but, uh, just the four, aye. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see that guy that posted the big Twitter meltdown about Robbie Muirhead sticking his tongue out and then deleted it on the Monday. I would aye. love to see the state of his Twitter over the weekend. Oh. Aye, <laughs> so we get slightly, uh, we get slightly okay. sidetracked there, so... Yes, Saturday, Air United, we're all in hospitality for it, oh, yes. which I'm very much looking forward to. I'm assuming... And obviously, and obviously Dean, you're, you, you're, you're going to give the exclusive here that we will be posting a live podcast at quarter past five on Saturday, that's right, isn't it? For a, for a plethora of legal reasons, I can absolutely assure you that nothing <laughs> will ever be done live after we mm. go to hospitality. Yes. <laughs> There's not enough in the Just One Carnetto bank vault to cover the amount of libel suits that Dunning alone would cost us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, absolutely <laughs> not. Not only am I looking forward to the hospitality, uh, and the, and, but here you, that, that game, and at this point in the running, and with the weather the way it is, I think it's just, this is... 
this, this feels like, I, I, I don't want to go Dewey, no COVID and we're all in it together and all this, but this is what, that last, the last couple of home games that we've had, get into this one as well, is what fit was about. It's ab- just absolutely brilliant. I'm really actually looking forward to the game as much as anything on Saturday. A wee bit of needle, and as well as that scene when you're, when you're in hospitality and you're kind of next to the away supporters as well. Um, I'll maybe st- I'll, I'll maybe stay towards the Sinkler Street, you know, closer to the Sinkler Street, away from Dunning maybe. If Dunning's closer to the away supporters. <laughs> 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 so, no, it's going to be good. I'm looking forward to it, and I think I'm still of the belief that a win on Saturday, I'd kind of said before the two games against the Fremlin and Air, four points from that season is safe. I think if we can win on Saturday, and that I don't mean that as in that it's a must-win game, I just think it's the way the fixtures are going, the way our season's panning out. I think if we if we win on Saturday, I think it's it's a pretty safe bet that we're not finishing ninth or tenth, which the, the yeah, I'd be quite happy with. They need to arrest a slide on Saturday. I mean, they, 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 prior to the Kilmarnock game, they'd been in a, a pretty decent wee run. I think they'd only had one defeat in about five, I think it was, and they'd pulled in some pretty good results. They looked as though they had goal scorers as well on their team. Uh, Ash, the, uh, the boy Ashford looks as though he's, 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 he's had quite an impact, nice wee partnership with, with Adeloy, but I'm assuming yep. Ashford's going to be suspended for Saturday because he gets sent off. Oh, uh, that's right, so I don't know whether or not they can appeal if it's a straight red. I don't know, but I'm assuming he's out and he's had quite an impact. Maxwell as well. James Maxwell seems to have uh, had a kind of positive impact for them as well. And they seem to f- fair play to Lee Bullen, by the way, manager of the year, and that he seems to have managed to get a formation that keeps Sean McGinty in it. And they look actually not that bad, although uh, for comedy, comedy cuts obviously with the first sixteen minutes of the Kilmarnock game, didn't they? That was that was, um, that, was that was how not that was how not to defend a front post run, I think, and and, and that's what we've just been talking about with with, with Dan Fernand's goal. Um, the cameo for Marcus was pretty good as well. That was that yes. was like a spectacular yes. ten minutes. Yeah. It was, oh, that was stunning. Should should have given a penalty away as well. Aye. Yeah, and then he almost scores one of the goals of the season on his left foot. Almost, but he didn't. That was ridiculous. Almost, just like he almost got, he, just like he almost uh, got away with the red card, but didn't. He almost scored, but didn't. <laughs> anyway, but you know they so, they might be on a kind of decent run, but we've got Dougie back in the dugout on Saturday, so yes. that will give the players, fans, that will give everyone a huge boost as well. And obviously, with us being in hospitality, we'll be quite close to him and even though I'm going to be sober I've, I'm not going to be responsible for my actions if I go near Diggins I'm glad we as well you keep saying this Louise you keep saying this I'm not sure uh, what staying sober I think if, uh, you keep saying I this think, keep saying I think at, uh, I think at 10 to 5 if we've done the business I don't think you'll be staying sober Louise I well, my car will be there, so whether it's used back home or not, that's another story. So if, anybody, if, anybody fancy, if anybody fancies a new car... <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't choose me. Uh, uh. <laughs> um, what would you line up And I think, safe to say, my, my back five and my front two probably stay unchanged, but if I know, do you know what? I would stick your head in for the start from this one. What would your line-up in midfield be, Alan? Right, I love, as I'd kind of alluded to before... Our back six is what it is. Um, if I had 
uh, if I, if I could make one change, but it's not going to be possible. I don't think. Although uh, nothing official has been said about McLean, I would love but Brian McLean probably to be back in in place of Ledger and shifting McIntyre over to the right, and th- that that would be my ideal. But if no, then it's the back five that we've that, that we've had there. As I'd said before, uh, Wilson and Blues start. Um, I know what you're saying about um, your head, but I'm still inclined to stick with, with Gozi. I think it's, it's it's not what you're wanting for a striker, but Gozi, the, the boss sticks with him a wee bit more um, when we're kind of defending. And I, I I think that is something that we that we tend to use. It's that it's that other one in midfield. It's the third midfielder. And obviously we'd probably say, right, well, Lyon. But uh, I know I think Stephen mentioned it last week. I've got my grant in my head as well. Um, yeah. it's the, the only question mark for me is that third midfielder um, I'd imagine it would be lying but there's, there's also McGratton in there as well I'd maybe say yeah I think I'm, I'm still of the mindset where I would rather get Lyon in on Saturday I would go Wilson Blues Lyon win the game and then see to be honest if after that I'd be quite happy to give McGratton every game till the end of the season without having to put the weight on him that these are big, big games that he's stepping into and that's not me saying that he's not capable of producing in those games but I just think that's, to me, that's a, a far better way to, to introduce him into the, the first team and get him that, that real run of games to see where he is ahead of, ahead of next year because I think if we mm-hmm. can get even the last four games of the season, if we can get him 90 minutes on all of them, you then give him the whole of the League Cup group stage that's that's kind of eight performances where we can see, right, he's first team level or, you know, that gives us eight, eight games to get a right good look at him and, and see what he can contribute to a, a kind of championship squad at the moment, if you like. Yeah, I mean, he kind of changed the game when he came on last week against Partick. I mean, he assisted the first goal, so I'd, I'd be quite intrigued to see him start. But I, I would actually quite like to see Dougie be a bit more experimental on Saturday. I know he wants to kind of go with the 4-3-3. I kind of want to see the 4-3-3 on Saturday. So I would kind of go with, um, obviously, Jack in goal, because, I mean, there's not really anybody else to play. Um, I'd go with Brandon, Lithgow, McIntyre, Strap. I'd go Lyon, Wilson, Blues in midfield, and I'd go with Muirhead, Riley, and Agrew up front. I think actually, see, I, th- I think we kind of noticed an impact when Gozi went off on Friday night. There was no, as Alan says, there was no kind of, there was nobody on there to kind of hold the ball up. So if we were punting it up yeah. the park on Friday night, there was not really anybody there. Gozi would usually be there to kind of hold it up and do what he needs to do with it, but we kind of missed that a wee bit when we were off on Friday, so I, I would still be kind of starting Gozi, and I, I would quite like to see the 4-3-3 starting to come in for Diggy, just to kind of prepare himself for next season. I think the argument is, is Louise is saying there, and I, I, I kind of agree, if Chief Muirhead comes in, we mentioned this before, if Muirhead comes in, he kind of plays in a three, I would say, so if if Muirhead starts, it's, it's, it's in a three. Which would probably mean he'd be in for Ledger. I just, I just can't see it. I just can't see him starting that, and it's unfortunate, as we've said before about it. But um, as you, as you said, team, it's a case of win the game first. Um, so we need to defend against him. I think they, they, they will cough up chances. Um, yeah. But, they, but, but if, if, if you look at their kind of scoring rate as opposed to their, um, it, 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 anything, um, they have, they, they, they've got two or three, uh, kind of dangerous options in terms of goal scorers so I think if we, we if we can kind of dominate them if we can snuff it out I think we'll be able to get at them um, so yeah really looking forward to it though Alright guys so we will leave it there obviously Sunday 
we're talking about a massive game with where United it is the exact same for the Morton women team on Sunday at Park Lee. It's a massive game as we try and finish in the top seven, as do United. It's at Park Lee. We're going to get a kickoff time confirmed tomorrow. Have a have a look on our social media for the rest of the week, and we would love to see absolutely everyone against that, and hopefully it's a weekend of, of doing the double against there. So, Alan, pleasure to eventually have you joining us after a few glitches. Yes, uh, apologies to both of you for <laughs> the time that I wasted there, and uh, apologies to the to to the listeners for the normal kick that I've been speaking. <laughs> Louise, thanks for coming on. Yeah, no problem. I'll just need to catch up on EastEnders now because you took too long. Ah, no. <laughs> Louise, Louise, there's something, Louise, I don't know if you've heard, there's something called the iPlayer, right? And you can like, rewind stuff back. Aye. Alan, you don't get to be a patronising asshole about technology. I don't right any now. IT stuff. Aye, listen to me. <laughs> oh, jeez, man. <laughs> That's gone. Fucking... <laughs> <laughs> Paul, Paul Brune lecturing anybody about IT <laughs> <laughs> alright guys we'll be back and hopefully celebrating a double against there Titan Spice Rum is inspired by Clydeside heritage and Inverclyde's incredible scenery. Their carefully selected aged rums are infused with Scottish raspberries, golden syrup and exotic spices. Titan Spice Rum is blended with the finest Caledonian water whilst retaining its spiritual Caribbean DNA. Head over to titanspiritsltd.com to order your bottle today and make sure you check out the new Discover Inverclyde gift box. Well, that's the show, folks. Remember to check out themortonforum.com for the latest Morton news, discussion and articles featuring the excellent match photography of GBR photographs. Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and we'd love to hear your feedback or questions on any of our social platforms at The Morton Forum. Give me your love.